You're now listening to The Bad Guy Radio production of Black and White Featuring Justin Lee Ken W.O. And Junior, your boy And your King boy Mac. King Mac What's up King Mac, I appreciate it What's up King Mac, I appreciate it Welcome to Black and White And everybody kinda happy Cause the Bears fired Ryan Pace Matt Nagy And we was all feeling good Until George McCaskey Started running his big fucking mouth And this is a little bit of what the fuck he had to say As as the chairman, how accountable? How are you accountable for the record that you have? Like you said, it's a bottom line business: wins and losses. You know, no playoff wins, two winning seasons. You know, that's not a great record. So how how are you accountable for it? And 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 like I said, does that is does that lend merit to the idea that that somebody else should be, you know, like a like like a Bill Polian type should be at the at the at the top? Yeah, my performance is reviewed by ownership and the board of directors and ownership has informed me that uh, it wishes me to continue in this role when he said that shit i had to cut on james brown because i was hoping papa bear hollis came out his grave and smacked the fucking taste out his mouth and that's the motherfucking truth because this motherfucker sound ignorant as hell and this goes to show you you might as well fuck up the money yourself because your kid's gonna fuck it up when you die anyway. Just the fucking truth. So basically, for you people who didn't understand what he said in his interview, he said it's not about wins or losses. It's not about bringing in the best collection of talent. It's about if my mom liked the fucking job I'm doing. What a fucked up statement. If your mom liked the job you're doing. That's your fucking statement. After you built up some nice grace from the Bears fan because you fired two idiots. But you fuck it up because you come out and make an idiot ass statement. You ignorant as fuck. And if your mom... Had any sense, and yes, I said it. I don't give a fuck. She'd give your ass the boot. Period. The fuck out of here. Anyway, we got the guys on today. We got uh, Ken Wu, Junior. What's going on, King Mac? How you doing, man? You see, I'm fired up today with this old bullshit. Bum-ass team sending bum-ass people out there to do talking. What the fuck? And uh, we got Junior today, and then we got Justin Green. Now, I don't know. He changed his name so fucking much. You never know what he is. And then we got a, spe- <laughs> we got a special guest today, Buzz, from that Buzz on Tap crew. He should be feeling up, good. I'm doing good, man. You know. You got to crack him. At least the, at least the Bears, I mean, the Bulls looking good. Take away from this pitiful shit going on over there. 
on the lake yeah, don't front. Don't forget though, Mac. I'm a, I got season tickets to the Bears too, so I'm I'm an idiot all around for the most shame, part. Man. That's a shame. At least hold on until they get to Arlington. That'd be pretty cool. Oh man, I got enough people where I make my money off of them, so I'm not really go. too concerned. Every see, that's the good thing about this world, brother, is uh everybody is out to be the bigger fan than somebody else. So they'll pay no matter amount of money, whatever they have to pay, they'll pay it just to say I'm a bigger fan than sure. you. Know, that's where people like me benefit. I'm the sketchy guy on the corner of the street just trying to make, you know, a couple hundred bucks. <laughs> You're not the guy with the cigs on the train that got all the Minnesota people scared, are you? <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> Don't want to get uh, mixed up here. <laughs> no, that one ain't me. How, how much did you get for those uh, Bears-Giants tickets? Because I I did the math, and it would have taken you to give me $400 plus the tickets for me to go to that game. So, face, so value, face value for that was like a buck forty-five. I think I got two tickets. So Did you really? Yeah. Jesus, you won. Wow. Well, we're, <laughs> si- we're six rows up off the field, dude. I mean, you know, like for people, you know, who want to go and who probably have kids, I don't know who bought them, but, you yeah. know, they – they go, they bring their kids, they go, the Bears come out in our end zone, so you can go get, like, autographs and stuff. So, you know, usually for, like, family or friends, I just sell it for face value. But if I throw it up on the Internet, whatever you you know, I'll throw up. I can't believe you got more than face value for that game. I can't believe I'm so happy, dude, because, honest to God. Mike Glennon returning home, baby. This, yeah, right. This, <laughs> because this year, Robert Quinn was going to break the record? Maybe. I don't know. This year I was able to get out ahead without even having to buy the playoff tickets. So next year is already paid for. So, I mean, there's no like surplus there. It's yeah. going to break even, but at least I don't have to pay anything out of pocket next year for the season tickets. So I'll take it as a win. Yeah, that's good. I think uh, the Bears this season, whoever spent that amount of money on the Bears this season after heartbreak, I think this is one of the hardest seasons ever because it was just, my coach is getting fired every week. My GM's a piece of shit. My owner's in a wheelchair that has a flat. Like, <laughs> it's just fucking kick to the shin after kick to the shin. My my pod mate, my co-host Junior, doesn't believe in my quarterback. It's like, what the fuck, bro? Mac doesn't think the roster is better than a D-plus, and Ken Will just trolls us every fucking week he can. <laughs> like, being a Bears fan is hard, man. How do you think we drink? to forget man we <laughs> we always say at least i always say it starts at the top right and when you when you talk about your owner in a wheelchair with a flat tire it might be two flat tires honestly um but don't worry because she got the board of directors pushing her ass up to her suite so she could watch every heartbreak there is i just want two minutes really quick because i love the fucking bears i don't know why i follow them I, I literally, my first game watching them was Donovan McNabb whipping his fucking dick out in Soldier Field 20 years ago in the playoffs. And yeah, well, sure. And my dad being <laughs> so upset, my dad being so upset at watching the Eagles just beat the piss out of us. And I felt bad for my dad. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to root for this poor ass team. And so I feel like a dumbass, but it starts at the top. When you look at the top, you have Virginia. And then right below her is her dumbass son, George. He took over after Michael because Michael was just as dumb as George. Um, and Michael was fired or whatever from his mom. And it's funny, like, how we talk about, like, these board of directors. At one point, George McCaskey was selling tickets. So you're going to tell me. And I looked it up. I wrote my little fucking notes here because that's how pissed off I was about this. 
George McCaskey's selling tickets in 1991. 1991, and somehow a little man selling tickets is now a board of directors. Sounds like you know someone up top. And you talk about bottom line business and wins mean everything. You're 79 and 98 with two playoff appearances, and in those playoff appearances, you're 0-2, okay? And then you're going to spill some bullshit and say, you know, four years ago how you and Ted trusted Matt and every decision he wants to do, that's on him. You even said something in the press conference of how much you trusted him and every decision on the field was up to him and how you never once said you went to, ju- you went to Matt and said to start Justin. But you're going to come out and say – Matt came to you, a head coach, and said, what do you think I should do? A man who called himself a fan, not a foot, a fan. He's not a football evaluator. You fire Lovey, who was 81-63, and 3-3 three and three in the playoffs, two NFC championships, one going to the Super Bowl. And you fired him coming off a 10-6 and six season, finishing third in the division. You hired Tressman, who went 13-19 and 19 in two seasons, and you also forced Ryan Pace, well, I'm not the biggest fan of, but you forced him to hire John Fox, who went 14-34. and 34. And you have the balls to say the board of directors approved you to keep doing your job. Now let's go through the board of directors. The secretary, the woman in the wheelchair, your mom, Brian McCaskey, Ed McCaskey, Patrick McCaskey, all your family members, Ted Phillips, the CEO, the two other, Andy McKenna and Pat Ryan, who are also minority owners, I believe. So you have four of those eight, not four of those eight, not including yourself, are family members. One is Ted Phillips. You need a majority vote, and all of them love you. So they're not going to tell you quit doing your job. They're going to tell you you're doing amazing. And then the only good thing I got out of that was we're finally getting a new stadium because it seemed like that's the only thing they were confident in talking about. And even with that, it got to a point they didn't seem that they were too interested in, maybe because it's pending. But then we get to the man, and I know Mac opened it really quick, with you fire Matt Nagy. Chicago was happy. 30 minutes later, during that 30 minutes between Nagy got fired and, and Pace got fired, I thought, okay, if we keep Nagy, at least promote or Pace, at least promote him to the team president. That's all he got fired. So I just, like everyone else in Chicago, thought Ted Phillips is next. We're finally going to get rid of him and get somebody up up top with a football mind and not just an accountant. And then I hear on Twitter that Ted's not going to be a part of the press conference. So I'm like, this is a foregone conclusion. And so I see Ted's stupid-ass face in the, in the press conference. And let's go through Ted because this is a bottom-line business. Ted took over after the 98 season. His first season was 99. 23 years, 159 and 192. Hired Dick Duran, 35 and 45. Didn't win any playoff games. Jerry Angelo, 95 and 81. Winning record. Bill Emery, that was a shit show, 23 and 25. Fired Lovey after one season, which was 10 and 6. He went on to hire uh, Mark Tressman, which every dumbass, McCaskey, Emery, uh, and Ted Phillips all said they believe strongly in uh, Mark Tressman. And then Ryan Pace, 42 and 54, Owens 2 in playoffs. And now he's going to get the help with somewhat of finding a new head coach and GM. Um, and the only good out of that is now the head coach or now the GM will not report to Ted. I don't know why Ted is still there. We're going to talk about accountability, and this is my last thing, 30 seconds. You're going to bring in Bill Polian, and four years ago you brought in Ernie Acorsi, 
as advisors to help you find somebody. Because remember, you're just a fan. You're not an evaluator because you don't know how to run a fucking organization with no accountability to these guys. Ernie, of course, he fucked up four years ago. And now Bill Polian, and the names they're bringing in are good, but who knows what's going to happen. Because if Bill Polian fucks up, there's no accountability. It's just going to be more other people losing their jobs. They need to start at the top, get rid of Ted Phillips, and he's running Arlington Heights, so he'll be there another 10 years. Get a football mind in there and just start over. Please, for the love of fucking God, George McCaskey, do something. Because you're, our only hope right now is getting lucky that the GM and the head coach are good. You have to get lucky with that. So I'll let you boys talk. I talked a little bit too much, but that's my frustration with the Bears. What you think about the shit show, Buzz? I mean, you're a season ticket holder. Yeah, you know, I mean, it was more of the same, dude. I think it was more so me and my buddy Juice just, you know, taking a shot every time George McCaskey said accountability. I don't get wild. I don't get fired up about anyone. There's, there's just no reason to. I mean, like I said, man, I love going out there and tailgating. Uh, Justin, I know Ken's been out there with me in person a million times out, whether that's been at the rate tailgating. That's like our thing. It's what we like to do. Um, you know, the product I knew was going to suck from even the minute they drafted Justin Fields and everybody thought that this kid was the second coming of Christ. And I think he could be pretty good, no doubt, but I don't have enough faith in the Bears organization to develop him well. When your expectations are as low as mine, the hurt isn't really there. I mean, dude, I'm a Chicago sports fan. I've gone through it my whole life. I mean, the White Sox haven't been great my whole life. They've had a couple, you know, great moments. Like I said, you know, you had 2005 where they win the World Series. You had, you know, 2008 with the blackout and shit like that. We had, you know, making the playoffs in 2020 for the first time in years and shit like that. I mean, you're just kind of set up for a letdown. And with the Bears, it, it's just everybody wants this change to come up at the top. I, you can get as mad as you want about it. It's not going to happen. It's a family-owned business. So no matter what we do, how much we bitch, the changes that are going to come for this team are going to be your general manager and your head coach every single time. And then everybody's like, oh, my God. Yeah, you know, the, That sounds like the Cubs so much. It does. It, it, it's not, well, basically what it is is we're celebrating firings while other organizations are celebrating playoff appearances and championships. And, and that's just kind of where we're at right now. We need somebody to get into George's ear to say, listen, if Ted is good with numbers and he's good financially for the Chicago Bears, no wonder why he doesn't get fired. He shouldn't be anywhere near football decisions, but if he's making, you know, that money through advertisements, sponsorships, shit like that, leading the charge with the Arlington Heights project, that's a valuable asset to have within your organization. I think all of us can admit that here. If you have a good numbers guy, you need to stick around. Keep him away from football. What George needs to do is bring in a guy that knows football, and that guy can kind of teach George along the way. So it would be George, football guy, GM. They need to lay it out like that, like what? 28 other NFL franchises have and do it that way instead of just this GM reports to George. Like George said, he's a fan. We're all fans here. We don't have any stake in anything. We don't know how to build a fucking team unless you build it on Madden. I mean, yeah, I think my team looks dope. I wouldn't go do it in real life. I got a couple good dynasties on Madden, but yeah, I got, I got a couple, I got a couple good ones too, but man, I'm, you know what I'm saying though? It's like this, that's why I can't get upset about it anymore. The lovable losers isn't even a nickname for him. It's just like, yeah, I kind of figured. And that's, that's how I feel about them every time I walk <laughs> but in. Is it, yeah, is it, is it, isn't that like a problem, though? I mean, like, you look at the Bears and it's like, you know, I'm not be, I love the Bears mm-hmm. more than fucking anything, literally, besides my son. That's how joke, that's my life is a joke. But, like, you look at the Bears and, like, they're the charter franchise of the NFL. Like, known internationally. 
and 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 you said it perfect. Family-owned business. Yeah. That's what they see it as. It's a business, and that's fine. I get it. You got to make your money. I, I totally understand it. But don't come on some press conference and tell me you're a fucking fan, and you don't you don't try to do it to where us fans can enjoy it. Oh, well, his PR guy should be fired. I think we could both agree it, it, that. Whoever, whoever does PR for George McCaskey should be fired. Whoever looked over the speech or went over notes of George while he was talking to the media should be let go immediately because things that he said was absolutely stupid. But again, man, that comes to expectations of what's going to happen. I put out a tweet about at 7.15 in the morning, and it, it was like a list. It was like one through six, and it was like, you know, they get fired. I, I would have to find it. But anyway, it was wash, rinse, repeat was, was number six. and that's what it's going to be every single time. It's just when you have like little to no expectation anymore, it doesn't bother you. And, and where I'm at in my Bears fandom, of course I want them to win a Super Bowl. I need to see that. I can get popped in the face tomorrow and lose my life. If they win a Super Bowl, I could die a happy fucking sports fan. I, I would just saw all my teams win. Stocks, no, no, no. Bulls, I uh, don't really give a shit about hockey, but, you know, and then the Bears. Uh, if I got my, my to see that happen, is- I'd be good. But. Is now now you put again? I'm not huge on Justin Fields. I, I've I've went to four or five games last year, two away, three at home, and I saw flashes that I was like, okay, maybe maybe we have something here. But like you had said, Buzz, I don't have any faith in this organization. I don't, and they've shown me it for the last 20 years of my life that I should not put any opti- optimism in them to do anything right. Totally and my thing too is if last year when all these Russell Wilson rumors are being thrown out there and it ended up being somewhat true. They were going after Russell Wilson and there was a handshake agreement, you know, between I think Pete Schneider, the Seahawks and, and Ryan Pace at Trey Lance's pro day, you know, so if you want to give Ryan and Matt another year under Russell Wilson, shit, I'm, I'm for it too. But then like you find out that's not happening. And, and then you, you drive Justin Fields and that puts him in such a shit situation because Justin comes in his rookie year He's got to learn from, of all fucking people, Matt Nagy. He's got Ryan Pace, his boss, who I don't hate him. I don't love him. I'm kind of in between with him, but he deserves to be fired. But now Justin Fields in his second year is going to go into a new head coach, new offensive coordinator, new play caller. It's going to be all different again. And then if Justin doesn't work out, the head coach and the GM could be like, well, this is just a thought I had well, this isn't the guy we picked. We didn't want him. So maybe we get another chance now. And and the thing is, is every, you know, you're going to get people, Brian DeBall, whatever. I like him. I'm willing to give him a chance. Not my number one option. But he may not be a fan of Justin Fields. But he'll come into an interview and be like, Justin Fields has what it takes to be a top five quarterback in the league. He's yeah, because he wants the job. Because there's, exactly, there's one of 32 of these jobs in the world. It's the same shit Matt Nagy did four years ago with Mitch Trubisky, knowing he knew Mitch Trubisky wasn't the answer. It's the same thing this organization did with the best quarterback in its existence. And I don't care what anybody says. I'll fight to the death about it. They did the same shit to Jay Cutler. Exactly. They brought in a young Jay Cutler, and nothing was working. They couldn't get the defense right, then they couldn't get the offense right, then they couldn't put a line around them. They got him murdered a million times, but then the fan base turns rabid because they're uneducated and fucking idiots. They're like, oh, Jay Cutler's terrible. It's like, no. No, he's not. Hate those people. Yeah, no, he's not terrible. He got dealt a shitty fucking hand, and you know what? He actually made the most out of that shitty hand. He was the best. I mean, it's not saying much. I'm not saying he's a Hall of Famer by any means necessary. He was quarterback. I watched in Bears history. 
Steelers went to a fucking Super Bowl. And then the two years following that, he starts <laughs> off, I think one year was 7-3 and three and then 7-2 and two and then had injuries. Hold on, Hold on. I got to interrupt. Oh, here we go. I, I, I got to interrupt that, though. Here we go. He almost went to a Super Bowl. Think about him riding a bike. On, <laughs> he almost went to the Super Bowl, right? But he didn't finish the fucking game. So Jack, I mean, come on, man. Jack, we gotta bring, we gotta bring some reality, no, 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 though, Junior. No, 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 no. Some reality. Let me ask you a question. Go ahead. Let me ask you a question. You're a GM of a team. You're a head coach. Whatever it is, you got a fucking hot rod quarterback at 25, 26 years old, and Jay Cutler, or whoever it is, Deshaun Watson. Patrick Mahomes, whoever it is. They tear their darker and darker. Listen, they, <laughs> they tear their MCL in a championship game. Now, be honest with me. Are you sitting here saying, Deshaun, Jay, Patrick, get out there? Or are you thinking long-term like, fuck, this guy just took me to an NFC championship game? I want to see what he can do the next five or six years. What are you doing, Max? I'm not I'm not, I'm, I'm not disputing fight. that fact, Junior. What I'm saying is you're going on and on about how you almost won a Super Bowl or, I mean, made it to a Super Bowl when that's not facts. That's all I'm saying. I'm saying you overhyping this how, guy. How is that not facts? Because it ain't. Because the man didn't come with no near close because somebody else was finishing his game off. quarters away from going to a Super Bowl. So how many? He was and, two and, and a half and, quarters. And like you like to say. And that like means he didn't even say, play a fucking half a game, Junior. Just listen to what like you're you saying. you like to fucking say? You know what he was away? He was one Brian Urlacher juke away. That's what you like to fucking say. You say it every week on this show. No, yeah, he, no he was one Brian Urlacher running the fuck over Aaron Rodgers away. Knocking him down, whatever the fuck it is, whatever you want to call it. Should have stiffed on that motherfucker in his face. No way Aaron Rodgers should have tackled that man. That's all that I'm gonna say. To I, 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 it's two I, things I, I never forgive forgive Brian Urlacher for. He let Jerome Bettis run his ass over. Oh no! And then he let motherfucking Aaron Rodgers tackle him when we could have oh, went Tom ahead. Brady breaking his ankles. No, the Tom Brady juke was bogus because he didn't even give him a move. He just went to the fucking right. Neuralaka looked like Not, Marshawn Lynch hit him. So. Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. Hold on. I like Jay Cutler. He runs everybody over. I like Jay Cutler. Don't get me wrong. I like Jay. Buzz, I got one question for you, and then we're going to stop with the Bears. We're going to move into a different topic. Okay, what up? I want you to name, and be honest, name the just off the top of your mind, the best three to five inside linebackers in the, in the NFL. What, right now? Yeah. I'll, uh, make it easy. Is Roquan up there? Oh, damn, my cat just jumped on me here. Sorry about that. Um, uh, yeah, I'd say Roquan's probably like top ten. Thank, you know, thank, you. thank you. I think he's definitely top ten. I love Roquan. What the f- what? All pro player. Julian. All pro player. Man. What yeah, do think, that yeah, mean? What do that mean, though, being top ten? This this is what I mean about man, overhyping man. players. What do oh, Ben? What do? Of him. <laughs> is your your favorite? You talk about your your favorite third baseman is Joan Moncada, right? Your favorite third baseman, Joan Moncada, right? He almost outslugged Joan Moncada. So how am I overhyping him? A second baseman outslugging a person whom you told me was going to be. The greatest player on the White Sox team. 
That's what you told me. I didn't say he was going to be the greatest. You did. You said he was going to be the best player on the White Sox team. You said he'd be better than Tim Anderson. You cannot find a tweet. You said he would be better than Tim Anderson. You said he would be better than Robert. Because I've always firmly believed Luis Robert will be the best player on this team. No. That's the Willie Mays, goddammit. No. When I told you Robert was going to be better, you said, nah, you're on my car. Everybody was on the yo on my kind of bandwagon. You you was hyping up a third baseman that get hits two home runs per month. You oh, hyping yeah. up a second baseman who hits nothing but fucking slapstick singles. No home runs per month. I, I got it for you, gentlemen. They both suck. <laughs> oh, God. God, God, it doesn't suck, man. <laughs> Mediocre. I, I hey, think to him, bud. If he can get back to 2019 for him and he can build off of that, I think that you have, you have some if magic can, in a bottle. If, if I can get back to 2005, I'm ready to go, man. Well, I, yeah, <laughs> those <laughs> days are gone. That was, hey, he's still young, man. I think that Mankata be all right. If it was I, a I like fifth, we all be drunk, as they say. <laughs> Give me a little bit, I'll be drunk, and I'll, I'll pay him probably soon. Too, all right, now, now, now we're going to move into the big topic. We can all talk about this because our, our little green-eyed Justin over here said some slander earlier today. Keep my name out your mouth. Oh, no, no. It's going to – no, 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 no. Justin made the comment – sorry, he agreed to the comment of the one Steph Curry and said the Warriors with KD would be to 72-win Bulls. It's a, it's, a, it's a good argument. I mean, if you, if you break it down and you look he at also, it – he also said Draymond Green would be able to shut down Michael Jordan. He also said he also said I ain't done, I ain't done. He also said Andre Iguodala would be able to shut down Michael Jordan. Oh, Clay Thompson too. He said Draymond Green would out rebound Dennis Rodman. Oh, and he said Scottie Pippen couldn't defend a single motherfucker on that team. Who Scottie Pippen in the 90s, from, ni- from 92 to 99, was first-team all-defense, and in 91 and 2000 was second-team. That's what he said. I'm I just going to pose the sixth ring. I, I tweet a lot. Sometimes I smoke weed. But uh, <laughs> oh, okay. is, I would uh, – die on this to make Yeah, you must have smoked a ton. <laughs> Q, QP, Ken. Well, QP. All right. Uh, not only do the Warriors beat the Bulls, but I'm going to take it a step further. Oh, my God. Scottie Pippen, Pippen never guarded anybody as good as Kevin Durant. Now, you're not going to stop Michael Jordan because he could score from anywhere on the floor. What you want to do is you want to send two to three different guys at him at once. Most teams didn't have one guy to guard Mike. The Warriors got at least three. To frustrate him. Now, when you talk about Steph Curry and Clay Thompson, unlike Scottie Pippen, and uh, well, co-coach was decent without the ball because he could shoot from perimeter more often. But the Bulls were an inefficient team. They they were like a good running game. They eat up clock. They choke you out on defense, and they make sure Mike get a one-on-one chance against anybody on the on the team. The Warriors, good rebounding team, very versatile, flexible. Fucking Draymond Green is averaging six points a game, and he has the ball more than Steph Curry. So 
the Warriors can propose a, a, a situation to where what if the Bulls don't run the Warriors off the three-point line enough? You got a volume shooter in Clay, and you got Steph. How many guys could handle a ball like Steph Curry at the point of attack at that when, at that when you, stage? When you say the Bulls were inefficient, what do you mean inefficient? Well, yeah, how can you be inefficient good, and you got the most efficient because, players? Because I'm just looking really quick. I'm, play just looking really quick. I'm sorry to cut yeah. you off, but they shot 40, 40 in the in the season, 96-97. Or maybe that was the year after, but whatever. We'll go off this. 95-96, they went 92 and 10. And they were yep. first in offensive efficiency and first in defensive efficiency <laughs> in the NBA that year. They had guys that were long and lanky. You had guys like Ron Harper. You obviously had, you know, fucking you had Randy Brown, who a lot of people don't talk about. He's a decent defender. You had uh, Scotty Tiffin, Dennis Rodman. You know, you had a pretty good team over there. Uh, obviously, 72 and 10. Mike couldn't do it all by himself. But I'm going to be honest with you, man. Like, I do see the problems of today's NBA versus yesteryear's NBA. But yesteryear's, you're starting to see struggles, not so much with the Warriors this year. But they've gotten rid of all those ticky-tack fouls that you saw in the last five years of the NBA. Shit that has made Trey Young and Steph Curry pretty much unfucking guardable. And, and, and Steph Curry, and Steph Curry is having one of the worst seasons of his career shooting. Yeah, he's having a rough he time. He's not getting bailed out a lot anymore. Is what the problem is. And, and we talk about efficiency. I'm looking right now. They shot 48 percent from the field, 40 percent from the three, and 50 percent from anywhere anywhere else on the court. So, so as far as the, as far as the inefficiency, I disagree with that because that seems pretty efficient to me. Efficient, uh, well, it's the wrong terminology. I might be an idiot. Okay, let's just let's just let's just get to the fucking bottom line here, people. I'm waiting for uh, it. When I when I say inefficient, I mean there's one basketball, and there's Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, who all are at their best with the ball. How often does Mike have the ball in a situation when the Bulls are trying to score? A lot. So when you flip it to the Warriors, Draymond Green has the ball more than Steph Curry. So you give them an opportunity to be off the ball more. So when I say inefficient, that's not shots going in. It's just how much team basketball is being played when it's time to put the ball in the hoop. You know what I'm saying? So even though that you just looked up the fucking stats that made me look like a gabagool. Uh, I'm coming from a basketball point is where when you get that Bulls five just up against the Warriors five, there's problems that, that are going to be there. They hold offense. Chicago. They hold they offense. The, 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 for Golden State too, man. the Bulls' entire offense was based on movement. The triangle is based on movement. So all them guys know how to move without the ball. So I don't know where you come up with this idea that they need the ball in their hand to score. Yes, Jordan can score anywhere. What are you talking about? He can score anywhere. Say the same for his teammates. Scotty can score from anywhere. For Pippen and and Kukoc, I can definitely. Pippen and Kukoc were dogs, man. You forget Justin, and maybe I'm wrong. And if I'm wrong, I want you to say Scotty Pippen was in the '90s, maybe a top ten to fifteen player. He was, he was fucking. A, he was an MVP candidate in ninety three, yes. ninety four when Michael yes. Jordan was. When Michael left, and and if I'm not mistaken, Grant, Paul was, George was the MVP candidate at once. But go ahead. Yeah, Paul George wasn't <laughs> fucking. Paul George wasn't a game away from the NBA Finals. You just fucking compare Paul. Come on. 
Come on, man. I'm trying to take this whole shit over in a minute. What are you fucking talking about, man? <laughs> Duncan is I, not. I, I know Scotty did a bunch of coke and he's fucking blown off the edge and shit. He might be doing crack or something. But like, whatever you do, you whatever makes you happy. But Paul George and Scotty Pippen, come on now, man. That, Justin doesn't a, like Scotty Pippen. I don't he, like Scotty Pippen either. I, well, I, I don't. I don't. I don't like him either. I mean, I could give a shit about him, really, but. The fucking guy was pretty fucking good. Yeah. And Justin, yeah. me and Justin had a little argument uh, where he was trying to put Zach Levine in the all-time Bulls team above Scotty Pippen. So I don't no, no, know no, what no, not even just talking a, about. Yeah, yeah. So it, <laughs> it calms down there, Justin. Okay, well, hang on, hang on. Recency bias, I totally get that because if you totally deep dove into Chicago Bulls basketball the last at least two years, that dude's been really fun to watch. But I would, I, I, I would say this about Zach Levine. The last few years, especially when he first came here from Minnesota, I was not about him. When they gave him the, the four for or yeah, the four for eighty. Yeah, they, the ma- they matched the offer from they Sacramento. They matched offer from the Sacramento. I wasn't for it. Um and over the years he's developed and become become a good like a really good player. He's all around, yeah. All he's yes. And yeah. so I, I I'm sitting here today on January twelfth. And I didn't have the same stance back in October, I believe, when the season ended. I'm fully okay with giving Zach Levine a max deal. I'm totally Woo-hoo! okay. I think he's deserved it. Um, now, if he gets all NBA, that's a super max contract. Super max. I don't know if I can do super max, but who knows? Who, who knows? I think Zach Levine has deserved it. He shut me up. And the good thing with the Bulls is any given night, if Levine's off, you know DeRozan dropping 30. If the Rose is off, you know Levine's dropping 30. And some nights they may fuck around and each drop 25. You know, so you're each, you're going to have a score on the court at all times. I think I, I think it's a really good team. And when I look at the East, how do I say this? I'm not afraid of any team in the East in the seven-game series unless we had to play Brooklyn seven games on the road. I'm, I'm afraid of Milwaukee. You, Giannis, and Brooklyn. I can, I, okay, I can, I can agree with being afraid. Yeah, so I, mean, to be honest. I like Levine, yeah, as as Brooklyn, but his basketball IQ lacks. As far as Brooklyn, as far as Brooklyn, like you ain't getting Kyrie in Brooklyn, so I'm cool with that. Not having to play Kyrie if we go to Brooklyn, motherfucker shouldn't really, be able to play here either. I I agree, hundred percent. That's just because I, I want to win. I don't care. What <laughs> I don't judge people for their choices. Whatever choice you want to make, I can't make. You know, I can't tell you how to live your life. I don't pay your bills, but just because I'm. Uh, a homer, I, I don't think he should play tonight because I want to win. So like, I don't think he should be able to play. You know, but I mean, the Bulls this year have just been a really fun watch. Um, I think that it's, uh, we started Bulls on tap back in 2018 and it was shit. You know, like every night me and Goose would fucking recap, you know, oh, Lowry Markinen hit like four three pointers tonight and get a little chub, you know, like, oh my God, future <laughs> a little bit, man. You're starting to see it. Looks good. And, you know, it never came to fruition, right? You know, your Chris Dunn, Zach Levine, Lowry Markin, and that was the deal that came around Jim, the Jimmy Butler trade. A lot of fans hated that time. I actually thought that was one of the best things that Gar and Pax ever did because I thought it would seal their fate, and I knew we would come away with somebody. And even in early episodes of Bulls on Tap, I was like, I, I wanted to move on from Butler. Plus, like, he got a little bit too Hollywood for me when D. Wade came to town. I didn't, you know – that, that's what always cracks me up is people from Chicago get all mad if you're like, you know, they're like, oh, you got to rep Chicago and Dwayne Wade was like, I'm coming out to, from Chicago. Motherfucker, you lived in Robbins just like I lived in Blue Island. So I don't want to hear about you, you're from Chicago. You know, I could throw a rock and hit Robbins and throw a rock and hit Chicago, but whatever. 
But when Wade got here, he fucked everything up. He made a, a hostile locker room. Um, and I was ready for Jimmy to move on. Fast forward, you get Levine. All the pieces around him fail, and he's still there. And now when you get him legitimate help, like DeMar DeRozan, and I know everybody's bringing him up because looks like he's an MVP candidate this year, guys. I mean, that's a for real thing. In his age 32 season, on his third team in five years, he is a legitimate MVP candidate. But that's not the best part that's been surrounding Zach Levine this year. The best part surrounding Zach Levine this year has been a guy like Lonzo Ball to help hide Zach Levine. Player. My favorite you know, player. Defensive uh, last year. And, my and favorite player. He's probably my favorite player on the team. I mean, fuck with you. I, I really think that Lonzo is my favorite player on the team. He is a phenomenal player. I think his IQ is so good. And I got in an argument the other day with a few buddies of mine. They're from they're from Pittsburgh, so they they drink water out of the Allegheny. But um, Damn. you know they they were they were talking like, oh, you know, but Lonzo's only doing this. I'm like, listen, man, Lonzo is an all around basketball player. I say, you know, what you're going to get from Lonzo when he's on the court. Phenomenal defense, and he. He might get a night here and there where he drops 20 on your ass. I said him last night. I'm like, he is a phenomenal player. He is a type of player that every year has elevated his game. Every single year. From L.A. to New Orleans to Chicago. And he's still young. He's going to get better. He's a phenomenal player. Props to him. Um, I like the core they have. And like I said with the Bears, it starts at the top. You got rid of Garpak. You brought in A.K. and Eversley. And – they literally turned this around in a year and a half. So, Buzz, let me ask you a question real quick, Buzz. Are you saying that uh, what the Bulls did in the offseason that was smart was they brought in high IQ basketball players to kind of hide Zach Levine's uh, lack of basketball IQ? Well, I, I felt like if you watched last year, Zach Levine really tried to force it. And even in the year where he was really campaigning, if you remember back in 2019, he was really campaigning for that all-star appearance. The Bulls had a terrible record. Obviously, he wasn't getting any consideration. You fast forward to 2020, he gets his first all-star nod because he had the Bulls like damn near 500. Man. I mean, they were they were making some things happen before he had gotten COVID. And then obviously, you know, he missed some games with that injury. And then the Bulls just kind of fell off, ended up missing the plan. Um, I think this year they bought they brought in guys that help hide DeMar DeRozan and Zach Levine's uh, shortcomings, which is lateral defense a lot of the time. But if you look, this year alone, after Zach Levine played in Team USA, and you go and you look at last year's defensive numbers to this year's defensive numbers, his on-ball defense is completely different. It's amazing. Like it, 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 he's a plus defensive player. I also think. I also think. I mean, you look at Levine's career with the Bulls. I mean, let's be honest. The Bulls last three, four years with Levine have not been good, and that's not Levine's fault entirely. Well, yeah. When you play with guys that should be playing, like Ryan sure. Archidiakono is starting point guard. He, he is a yeah. YMCA with me. Like, yeah. There's no reason he should be starting. So uh, don't forget saying. my brother uh, Denzel Valentine. <laughs> All star Denzel Valentine. Oh, so like when when you, I think when you look at like how you said Team USA to now. Team USA, he's around some of the best players in the world. It's only yeah. going to make you want to be better. And then you come to Chicago, they bring in Alonzo, they bring in a, a, a DeMar DeRozan, a Caruso. You know, they bring in these players, a Vucevic. It's going to elevate your game. It's going to make you better. And yeah. and to Mac's point, you know, bringing in IQ players, Mac, I'll give Mac credit. Bringing in those players, I think, has made, in my opinion, has made Levine a better player. Well, yeah, absolutely, man. But when you play around, like, this is the thing that you need to look at numbers-wise, okay? They brought in a ton of good players to play around Zach Levine, right? His numbers haven't wavered. And that's a, that's a testament to his game itself. That's, that's 
very fucking impressive that DeMar DeRozan here, who's a great player, who's a four-time All-Star, he comes in, Nikola Vucevic, a two-time All-Star, though he struggled a little bit. He's getting back up to those career averages, you know, slowly but surely. But he comes in, he's, he's commanding touches of that ball. Zach is losing a little bit of his usage because you're not going to go stick Lonzo in the corner like New Orleans did to him. So he's using a little bit of his usage percentage. And he's still doing what he's doing on the efficiency he's doing it on. Now, there's some shots he takes that I don't agree with. But when you look at the overall fucking numbers of it all, and you look at the clutch, you know, and I'm not a huge, like, because, you know, baseball got analytical. And I, I like numbers in baseball, but I also like the eye test, too, because, let, let's face it, you know, it's kind of like sitting at a bar and bullshit. You know, what's fun to bullshit about the numbers or what you saw with your eyes? You know, like, that's how I kind of look at things. Me and my dad, that's how we talk sports. This is what we watch. But basketball's got that same thing, too, now. Analytical numbers are starting to run rampant. You know, oh, well, this is what he's got, you know, two feet from the rim and out, and this is his percentage when he takes, a, you know, a floater from the elbow. And yada, yada, fuck, dude. A field goal and a three-point field goal, right? But you look at him, he's still efficient as shit, and he's still taking just as many shots. And defensively, he's improved. So I, I look at this guy, and I think that, honest to God, you have an all-NBA player here, um, and he's just getting better. And, and that's a scary part, along with the guy like Lonzo Ball, who's just getting better. Where do you, um, where do you rank him as far as uh, best all around players in the league? Like top ten, top fifteen, better? Zach, like, Zach Levine. Top fifteen. Yeah, yeah top fi- maybe top fifteen. Yeah, I definitely okay. think he's an all star. Maybe I might even say top twenty. There's a lot of really good players in the league that possess two way talent that I want to see Zach get eventually, which I do think that he is slowly but surely getting there, at least on the defensive end. If you're going to go like basically scores, I don't know what Justin would say, but pure ball scores, I'd say top five. The guy could just score to yeah. get up the fucking rock. But all-around basketball players, definitely like top 15, I think is totally fair for him. Um, but, you know, I mean, again, this is his first season on his first competitive NBA team. Like, this is going to be the first time Zach Levine makes the playoffs. You know, like, that's, that's fucking nuts. <laughs> like, he's been in the league since 2014. All right, so, now speaking on the playoffs, this is yeah. my thing. I think, as an outside observer, I'm not in there watching the Bulls 100% of the time like some of you guys might be. As an outside observer that checks in on them, I think y'all are overrating regular season records in the NBA. And people people are saying, you know, the Bulls are going to be the favorite or whatever to come out of the East, and especially if they're the number one seed. And I keep seeing that they're the number one seed. Yeah, It's the NBA. Half these teams are resting their guys. You know, I don't know. The number one seed in the NBA doesn't mean a whole lot to me. Well, and, I, and I think you're really right with the COVID shit, too, Ken, this year. Yeah. Um, uh, because with the COVID has really derailed a lot of teams this year. Um, but and credit to the Bulls, they got it bad. They got more it, too. But more yeah. than most, and they were able to survive that. Yeah. But at the end of the day, in a seven-game series, there's no way I could favor them over a Milwaukee, over a Brooklyn, over a Philadelphia. You would They can be Philly. I would take they can Philly. Be Philly. They can I'm, be I'm, Philly. Well, I'm, I'm surprised you would take no, Philly. No, they scare me. Philly scares me, and only because they got uh, defenders at every level. Like, you look at a guy like Matisse Seibel. You oh, could I throw love him Seibel, on, man. You could throw him on four guys in the Bulls starting lineup. Oh, the yeah, only person right. you wouldn't let him guard is Vooch, because Vooch would just turn into a black hole in the paint, and it would be a thousand bunny. But I, I, I just uh, see these big – Big motherfucking guys that can score the ball, and mm-hmm. I don't see who's going to stop them on the Bulls in a seven-game series. So if, if the that's, rumors that's are my true question. and they're looking for a four, you know, uh, to replace the void that 
you know, 2024 uh, pick in the 2020 NBA draft, Patrick Williams, is now gone. So you got to fill his void. you got guys like Harrison Barnes or Jeremy Grant floating out there. Um, I don't want first question, I like Harrison Barnes because, like, he was really good for a, a long yeah. while. But I don't know what I would trade for him. But to your regular season point, I think when people say there's a favorite to come out of the East, Strength of schedule has a big part of this, and the Bulls already had their hardest part in the strength of schedule. We're already halfway through the season. So, I mean, they could finish realistically number one seed, but yeah. I do see what you're saying in a seven-game series against a team like Brooklyn or Milwaukee. Um, it, it may be Philly because, like you said, the size. I'm not really too scared of Philly. Um, I'm more so scared of Brooklyn and Milwaukee. But if the Bulls make a move, and I, I – my boy Wilbon said this. I've been watching Wilbon since I was a kid. And I, I, Me I love too. Wilbon. I think every Chicago sports fan. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, besides him liking the Cubs over the Sox, I, I love Wilbon to death. But he said they're one move away. And when I look at it statistically, I really think they are. I mean, you have like high hustle players like Devontae Green or Derek Jones Jr. playing the floor right now because Pat's out. And that's a lot of size you're giving up because you're having a six-four guard. We have to be one of the smallest teams in the NBA. Uh, well, right now we don't have a ton of size. We're very guard heavy, and, and but you know we have a lot of athleticism and versatile players that are able to defend more than one position. But if the Bulls go out and trade a guy like Derek Jones Jr., which would hurt me because I actually do like him, um, and Patrick Williams for a guy like Jeremy Grant over in Detroit, line up those timelines a little bit. I think the Bulls are an instant contender because not only do you have four guys in your lineup, and I'm excluding Lonzo here. Four guys in your lineup in Zach Levine, DeMar DeRozan, potentially Jeremy Grant, and Nikola Vucevic that can get their own shots anytime, anywhere they want. And then you have a floor general like Lonzo Ball putting that all together. Not only the offense, but then the versatile, the versatile defense there. You know, Vuce is a brick wall. He, his defensive numbers are good because he goes straight up every time. So you, you're going to have to initiate. He's going to put his body in you to initiate contact. Then you have guys like, Lonzo, and if you get Grant in that lineup, oh my God, those guys can guard like two for two through four. Like that's that's a big that's a big big advantage to have. So I think the Bulls are a piece away, but I definitely think it's uh, I think it's feasible that they do something good. I, I if they make a move, I say championship. Right now, I say Eastern Conference Finals. So, right. But I could be All wrong. Right, we'll I, said see. White, I said the White Sox were going to win the World Series, Ken, because I'm a homer. So, I mean, this is why I'm bad. <laughs> I agree with you. <laughs> they yeah. need to win it in these next two years, by the way. I'm telling you now. Oh, yeah. yeah. If they don't win they it in two years, we're, we're, not getting, we're not getting what we want. They do. Yeah. They do. So. Yeah, that's what I wanted to transition into the White Sox because we were talking about, you know, the Bulls being great. We're like, what, 15 games over 500 right now. I remember at a point in time this summer, when my Chicago White Sox was running away with the Central and we were starting to measure ourselves up against our peers. I said on this show, the White, the only reason the White Sox made the playoffs is because we were in the American League Central. You know, I, I don't know about that. If, I, I think they would If we won. were in the East, we wouldn't have made the playoffs. If we were in the West, we wouldn't have made the playoffs. That's the you're, bottom if, line. If, if you're in the West, you, you probably get in via wild card. Possibly. You've seen, Possibly. How, you've seen how hot Seattle was down the stretch? Well, my, my, thing is being, my thing is with being in the Central, and it's just the American League in general. I, I don't want the White Sox to be complacent with their roster. That, that, that's my thing. Yeah, uh, Rick Hahn won't be complacent. It's just if, if Jerry opens up his pocketbook. Sure, sure. Again, so you're giving him $400 million. 
No, this is the no. same thing we talked about with fucking the Bears. It's almost the same thing that Jerry does with the Sox. I mean, you know, family Jerry, you know, <laughs> it just it is what it is. The Bears do spend money. Jerry spent his money, but he's got a cap. He's got a cap. And he's not, if he doesn't go over it, then it is what it is. But Ken made this point a lot of times last year on Twitter, too. And I know you touch a bunch of shit on Twitter, Ken. I don't know. I don't know how you do it. Like, <laughs> Social media terrorists. Social yeah. media terrorists. But it doesn't take – it shouldn't take, you know, just spending money to make something happen. There, there's been some shortcomings from everybody's Jesus, Rick Hahn, too. Right. And, 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 and nobody wants to say that. And it's just frustrating. The Sox have a good team. They have a good young core. But you need to surround them with veterans that have either done it or on a little bit of the uptick to really fucking, you know, push it to the next level. And they didn't have that. And if they don't fix their pitching situation, I'm – I'm not going to be all overhyped like I was last year. Well, I, I think mean, I'm not, you know, I'm not all into that. They need to make improvements. I think people yeah. overlooking some some holes in the White Sox roster as, uh, and it's because these players we watch grow up, so people got a certain amount of attachment to them. But when you're talking about winning a championship in baseball, you need dogs. Pitching wise, and with the bat, and I mean, unfortunately, when you look at the White Sox, you're talking about maybe three or four guys that you can say are actually dogs, and then everybody favorite player. And I know people get mad because I get on Moncada, but the truth is, he's been lackluster from what people expected him to be. So you you traded a star. You was expecting to get a star back, and you really didn't. And that's one reason why I hate the top ten argument at a position because it makes no sense to me because that could be a weak-ass position in the league at that time. So that doesn't mean the guy's a great player because he might be top ten at his position. That doesn't mean that. That could just be a weak-ass position in that area. It's just like if you go back to the area in basketball with the shooting guard. Yeah, Michael Jordan, blah, 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 blah. Some guys would, who are in the top 10 of shooting guard now wouldn't be in the top 10 then. That doesn't mean that that guy is great because he happened to be in the top 10 now. It just means that position is weak at this time. But my thing is they have to have somebody that can change games immediately. Like who you know can come to the plate. You need to drive in that big run, and they can do that. We have a team that, besides Jose Abreu, lacks power. And I don't want to give Ken a big head, but Ken right. You got to hit some big home head runs. <laughs> you got to hit some home runs. <laughs> you know, and unfortunately, we just have one dependable guy, really, who can do that, which is Abreu. I know we all think Robert is going to be great, but he got to play a full season healthy. Same thing with yeah, The Eloy. injuries are a problem. Yeah, the injuries have been a problem with, with the core in general. I mean, Makata's mm-hmm. has battled them. Uh, Eloy Jimenez has battled them. Luis Robert has battled them. Anderson, too. Anderson, Anderson's too. had some issues. Uh, and when, even when Nick Madrigal was here, um, you know, he battled them. And I know, I, I know he's gone now, but he was at one time, I mean, be honest with himself, he was considered a core player, um, you know, who had come over to be drafted and stuff. Nick Madrigal. And now Grandel is battling him, too. Well, you yeah, know, he had just gotten I, Not that he's a – yeah, he's got two surgeries in the last, what? Eight months, right? Eight months. He had yeah, two surgeries. Yeah. And now, 
I'm looking at their catchers, and you can't catch Sebi Zavala and Zach Collins. Oh, you know, so I mean, he, you could. Not saying you want to, but you yeah. could. <laughs> but is he going to catch 120 games again? Because if no. he does, he's going to get hurt. But Ken, you know Grande, I mean? Grandale defense is a problem. People don't want to talk yeah, about it. it. Definitely is but Grandale defense is a problem. It showed up in the playoffs. Huge. It's definitely a problem. But I think it's even more of a problem when he's when he's hurting, and he's going to be hurting. He's a 30, what, 33, 34-year-old catcher? He yeah, ain't getting I, feel any like, I feel like he didn't really get a fair shake with that because, like Ken said, he was – I mean, he had, knee, he had knee issues, man. That's got to yeah. be fucking painful and fuck. Just Buzz. Just to crouch like that. You seen him in yeah. 2020, Buzz. Was his knee hurting then? I mean, his defense wasn't, wasn't great then. He wasn't too bad. Well, he wasn't, I he mean, wasn't bad. If you go back throughout his history, though, the Dodgers benched him in the playoffs. Yeah, they did. Some of the issues he had. And yeah. he still has those issues, you know. But we have to have his bat in the lineup. Mm-hmm. So where's he going to play? Is he going to DH? Is he going to catch? Personally, I'd like to see him DH half the time. But that's not going to happen when you have Zach Collins and and uh, Sebi Zavala as the backup catchers. You don't want them in the lineup, you know? <laughs> well, you definitely don't so want that, Zach Collins back there. Yeah. So that's an issue for me, too. So I think they got some work to do. But one thing I saw on Twitter today was talking about I think it might have been a bullshit story, but regardless, there were people supporting it that Michael Conforto wanted, wants seven years, $140 million. That ain't and if that's the first <laughs> guy the Sox give $140 million to, I'm going to throw the fuck up. I will have a heart attack. Yeah, I, I, I'm just saying. Right now, what, what, what is, what is, what is people yeah. attraction to him, though, Ken? I don't get it. I mean, what's the attraction? He's, he's, he's lefty, isn't he? I mean, he, uh, he walks a lot. We, and he walks a lot. Yeah. Who is Don Come on. Fucking <laughs> you know, Ken walks a lot. Yeah, yeah, he walks a lot. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't know. I think they need – if they're going to spend $140 million, and I don't think he's perfect by any means, I would rather spend it on Nick Castellanos if they're going to get a right fielder. And I know he's right-handed and all that, but I think he's more worth the money than Conforto is. He hit fucking right-handers. Better than Caparo does. Right. Right. <laughs> so I don't care about the fucking handedness here. If you have a guy that's sitting better, go get yeah. him. You and I, I don't even like this guy at all because of the whole ex pub factor. But if Conforto's going to cost $140 million, I got to look at what is Schwarber going to get because I'd rather have him. You know what I mean? I, so yeah, I'd, I'd actually agree with you there. I'd, yeah. I'd rather have Kyle Schwarber. And he's not going to touch $100 million, so, you know, I'd rather pay him. So I hope that report is not true about Conforto. And if they give him four years, $70 million, they do, fine, okay. But if they're going to give him double that, there's no way they should do that. And they, they got to get another the bat. one time I will, I will cheer for Jerry's wallet over signing Michael Conforto for that much money. <laughs> and they got to get another bat. You can't depend on uh, Vaughn and Sheets. Both of them being in the lineup in the no, season. No, but they're going to depend on them. But I'm saying you can't, though, man. If, if you're talking about being a true contender, you can't. Because, like I said, you only got really one real power guy in the lineup, and that's Jose Abreu. That's the only one. Well, we said it before. Where where are you going to put Andrew Vaughn, though? They're going to put his ass in right field or something. Either right put field his ass or ass on the bench. I mean, okay, you put him at DH, but like, then you got to deal with Grandall catching. He'll be the short side of the DH. Yeah, I think Grandall's going to catch regardless. I think that ship has sailed. Um, 
if if he's going to be the DH, though, he's going to be on the short side of the platoon. She's just going to be the DH most of the time, I think. So yeah, then Vaughn will probably be in right field. Vaughn will play right field. I mean, I'm still hoping. I'm holding out hope for a trade. Vaughn and some other pieces for Catel Marte or something like that. I think Ooh. that would be wonderful. Yeah, but, there. you know, I don't know. We'll have to see. I, they're starting negotiations tomorrow. They need to get a deal wrapped up because, you know, I, I still got my Raiders in the playoffs, but after they lose, hopefully not Saturday, but, you know, <laughs> I don't see them making a big run. You know, I'm going to be mean, if, 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 <laughs> if there wasn't a lockout right now, pitchers and catchers report in two and a half, three weeks. Yeah, yeah like right. a month. I mean, I'd say a month. A month. Yeah, a month. So, yeah mid so, so, I mean, this isn't something like, let's say they don't come down to an agreement to like late March. You know, I mean, you you can't just rush these players back. I mean, they need to get ready for the season. So, I oh, mean, right. If they don't come back to late March, they're losing, you know, a month, a of, month the of the season. Yeah, for sure. So, you're not starting till May, middle yeah. of May. May 1st, probably. If, yeah. they, you know. if they just talking, they're not going to get a deal done tomorrow. If they no. Just oh, no, no. Talking. They're not going to get it done tomorrow. I don't but hopefully within the next month they come up with something. It's kind of like trying my, to my... spend Valentine's Day not knowing about baseball. I need a fucking end. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I mean, I so what? We'll spring see. training to start, what, in March, in March or something? May? Maybe. Yeah, they could probably get away with one month of spring training. <laughs> so if they start before at March 1st, yep. what the fuck happened to you? I'm watching a replay of Derrick Jones Jr. That's going to look good. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm about to start crying, actually. That looks really bad. Can you, I don't think That's starting bad. having one month of spring training going to be good for them arms. I don't even think the players would agree to that, probably. I mean, I think the pitchers, I, I think I think they get ready on their own, possibly. I mean, you know, work out, have sessions on their own at home or wherever they practice over the offseason, train, whatever, I think they're getting ready for that just in case they get called one random day in February, like, hey, we got to report March 1st or whatever, you know, so I think they get ready for that on their own. Yeah, I think they also need to get a starting pitcher um, That's just not because gone. of the innings limits, inning li- innings limits on Kopech, innings limits on Keiko because you don't want him to reach 160 or his contract guaranteed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they're gonna do they they're gonna do whatever the fuck they can to make sure that. I mean, Ken, what's Treat your them like Antonio Brown? What's your thoughts yeah. on this starting staff anyway? Though I think I think you know it's kind of a big hole because you, know, you don't know what you're gonna get from Cole. I don't know if it's Patrick. a big hole. I think I think they're good enough to pitch themselves into the playoffs. The the question comes then: Can they shut down the Yankees? Can they shut down the Astros? And they couldn't last year. So I don't know if they can. What's going to change this year? Maybe if Justin Foy, Dylan Cease takes the next step, but then you're just counting on maybes and, and hoping again. Um, so I I would have liked them to get one of the top starters. They didn't really do it. I don't know who's left. I haven't even studied up on it. Uh, I know Clayton Kershaw's left. I don't know if that's the guy you want to go after, but I don't know. I mean, you know, but they do need a little help there. The bullpen, you know. Kind of struggled last year. Didn't live up to the uh, billing that it had. It's probably one of the best bullpens coming into the season. They're gonna be pitching more innings this year because of Kopech, because of Dallas, and then you know, let's be honest, our guys really not known for going beyond the sixth inning. They struggled, you know, to, to get get out of the sixth inning last year. So I think, 
Like I say, right. I think White Sox fans is overlooking a lot of holes or some yeah. major problems that it's, could occur. There's definitely questions. That being said, I don't see any team in the Central really posing a threat to them. Not yet. So, what? I've been saying it for a few months. You telling me not the great A.J. Hinch can't overtake the White Sox next year? Listen, man. I'm telling Here you, we fucking Mac, go. Meg, you can say whatever you want. They won 78 games with little to no talent. In a week, they're getting better. <laughs> they're getting better. They're getting better. They got some good pitching, in but two they years, have, you know, they still years, have some. Not problems. 2022, maybe 23, maybe not even 23, maybe 24. Oh you, yeah, yeah for problem. sure. I mean, Detroit give him a couple be years. A problem. What are they gonna do? What are they gonna do? Ship his garbage cans in from Houston. <laughs> like I said, you eighteen-gallon cans. Ready. <laughs> the thing see, is, the Tigers, the Tigers two, right? will spend. I, I yeah. wanted AJ Hinch. I, I, you're laughing. I, That's I, forbidden. I, you I can't say really. that on here. You can't say that on here. After this, we talk shit about, about fucking Tony Larusa. I'm not oh, talking no. smack about Tony Larusa. I just hated the due diligence of that whole thing. I felt like that was preconceived. I don't care. Was handed to him. I'm not going to blame you, Tony. I wanted to watch it. What I didn't like about the fan base's reaction to Tony Larusa was a past mistake came back to haunt him. Uh, I, I don't feel like that had anything to do with his job performance, and I just think that that sucks. You know, yeah, obviously it's not a great thing to do. He shouldn't do that. Uh, he's a human being. We all make mistakes. I don't think that's why he should have been hated. I just think it was kind of weird. That, that's all. I thought it was kind of a weird hire, but I'm not going to hate on the guy, but I, I wanted Hinch at first. I thought that would have been a good move for the Sox, yeah, but yeah, yeah. Eh, it didn't work out that way, but I know my co-hosts on Socks on Tap love Tony Larusa, um, maybe even more than these guys on this podcast. So uh, um, I don't think they love him more than me. But oh, you'd be fucking surprised. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Tony Marchese would fight somebody to the yeah. death over Tony Larusa. <laughs> so I, I'm like 90% sure Tony would probably I, fucking spin kick somebody for that guy. Then, but you know, it, it's just wild to me is how mad everybody got. But back to the whole, the whole. Oh my God, the oop! I'm sorry, I'm watching the game at the same time here. Um, but uh, you know, back, I, I think that you see, it was sweet, dude. There are there's so many holes on the socks to me. I think that they're a pitcher way. I think right field is uh, not solved because everybody's like, "Well, you have Adam Engel." I'm like, "Okay, that's cool. He's gonna be there for three minutes." I can't yeah, wait. Right, I can't. Right. I can't wait. I mean, best quickie of the season. Even baby. the position, three minutes. Even, even the positions you have solidified, you have to worry about. Is Eloy going to play a full season? Is Luis Robert going to play a full season? Is Tim Anderson? And, and is Tim Anderson going to play a full season? Is right. is uh? You know? Shit is Gavin. That's if, why some people, some people were hating big time on signing. Uh, Lurie, I know your boys that on tap aren't one of those uh, people. No, we love Lurie. Legend. Yes, you guys Legend. love Lurie. Legend. Uh, so do I. And a big reason for that is he could plug all those holes. But the problem is when multiple holes open up, then we're fucked. Well, that's, that's uh, what cracks me up. I'm glad you brought that up because that's what cracked me up. Because there's so many people who are like, oh, we had to fucking bring Lurie back. I'm like, oh, my God, how horrible is it that you bring a Swiss Army knife in? How bad right. is it? It's right. not fucking Lurie Garcia's fault. No one could stay healthy that he had to play all the time. Hey, he performed He performed okay in the playoffs, to be honest. He, he yeah. did real well. He's not a star. He's, he's not a starter. He got thrust into that because he knows how to play so many positions effectively, might I add. Yeah. And, and, and people were hurt all over the diamond, so he had to go fucking play. It, it, right. it, that's all it was. If no one got hurt, Ken, he wouldn't have, Mac, he wouldn't have played as much as he did. Yeah. But right. everybody got hurt. 
Right. I think if the White Sox always gets hurt, that's the problem. The right. White, <laughs> if we go into the season with Gavin Sheets as the DH and Vaughn as the right fielder, I think we're gonna have major problems. I think we don't know if Gavin Sheets can, you know, do what he did for an entire season. He could be fucking Daniel Parker. We don't know. And we don't know a fucking hey, 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 I don't give a fuck because they came up with a shirt. Hulkamania, they didn't rip that shit off. I don't give a damn. The man was horrible. He batted like 0.50 or some crazy shit. Fuck that. The man was gone. He only had like 100 at bat. If he yeah. would have had 100 more, he would have balanced it out. Yeah, okay. <laughs> and then he you woke up. Magical with and then you And then you woke up. <laughs> so, but, but anyway, we can't go into a season like that, man. You just, you just can't if you're talking about being a real contender. And Vaughn is not a true right fielder. I mean, could he play it? Probably be serviceable. Yeah, of course. But he's not a true right fielder, and that's gonna hurt your pitching staff because he's not a true right fielder. And you already got problems over there with Eloy. It, can he be serviceable at left field? Sure, but you know. You're going to have problems over there as well, and it's only so much space uh, Lewis Robert can cover. So if you go into the season with holes like that in the outfield and you got holes in the lineup because you really don't know what Gavin Sheets or Vaughn going to provide, and then we already discussed the pitching staff. We're depending on uh, seats to develop. We're depending on co-pitch to be what people think he can be, but I'm going to tell you right now, he's not going to pitch. 180 innings, and he's probably not going to have a 2.5 ERA or something crazy like that. To say we a true contender, I can't go with that if that's how we go into the season. And I'm a White Sox fan, and that's just being honest. I don't believe in buying dreams. So I, I think that there's moves to be made. Obviously, this lockout's hurt a lot of things. And, and you know, once we see the finished product of what this offseason looks like, I think we'll have a better idea. But right now, it's just so hard to comment on. You know, I mean, it really is. It's just really hard to comment on. We haven't had any baseball activity in over a month. So, right. I mean, it's, it's just kind of like, yeah, like Ken said, you, know, you got Kershaw out, you got a couple other people, you got Conforto out there, you got Cassiano out there. Like, it's not like we can get any updates on the players. I mean, look like Grandal. He can't have talks with the Tony LaRusso or anything like that. So, it's not like we don't know how his rehab is going or anything like that. Right. So, it, it's yeah. been radio silence. It's been radio silence. So, like, you know, for the most part, you just kind of sit and you're just, it, it, it's a huge waiting game, honestly. Yeah, I agree, Buzz, with that. We, you know, we got to see what the finished product is. But as now, I don't think, I don't see how any White Sox fan could be like the White Sox are, you know, true contenders based on what we have on paper now. If you give me a couple more beers, I'll say they are. <laughs> <laughs> it, depends, it depends what the contender, because I think they're going to make the playoffs regardless. Yeah, I think they make the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think they make the playoffs as well, but then again, you don't know. I mean, who the fuck thought Minnesota was going to fall off the face of the earth? That's true. Who's yeah, saying that? You know? So, oh, hold the fucking phone. You talking about who thought Minnesota was going to fall off? They had one. Yeah, they had one. They had one fucking starter in the rotation and a, and a lineup built off of Luis Arias' singles and everybody else leaving the yard. And 80% over, of White Sox fans out there in the world was nervous about the Minnesota Twins. It's very yeah. few said the White Sox was just going to whoop their ass 
or they weren't worried about the Minnesota Twins. I definitely did not say that on any socks on taps at all. I was fucking scared shitless of Minnesota. Exactly. I was was more scared of Cleveland than Minnesota. I was. I I can try to find my tweet. I had the socks winning the Central, but not like that. Nobody, nobody, nobody foreseen Minnesota fucking falling off the face of nobody. I think the only person, oh man, if I can remember the season preview show, and I'm having a hard time remembering who said it. I know it wasn't me. I said Wildcard. Um, God, I think it might have been Steve. I, Steve, I think, picked him to win the division. I'm like, God, I'm like 80% sure Steve picked him to win the division. He was like one of the only people I saw say that over Minnesota. I didn't think they would do it. Yeah. I picked him to win the division. Yeah, I picked oh, him to win really? the division. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I didn't. I had him in the wild card last year. I didn't think they'd win the division. I was scared of Minnesota. I mean, yeah. it was you know you saw the collapse. Of I think I had Minnesota in the playoffs too. But yeah, you, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think I had the Sox win the division. Minnesota win the wild card. Something. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I right picked them to win the division. Minnesota wasn't playing no defense, or they wasn't pitching. It wasn't. Like, I mean, okay, Buxton, but Buxton got hurt. Buxton got going to get hurt again, that. so it doesn't matter. Okay, but what's the difference between Buxton and Robert? Exactly. That's my, you know, they're both going to get you hurt, know. probably. I mean, here's the thing. Do you think yeah, – you're right. When you, when, you look <laughs> at, when you look at Minnesota's, you know, 26-man roster, like, you see them as another 68-win team, or are they going to rebound in 85 or 90 wins? I'm expecting them to rebound because they're not going to have the season they had last year. Like, that was dog shit. And if you look at their roster, everybody was hurt, uh, you know, healthy. So, you know, Kepler played, Arias played, you know, Polanco played. What the fuck was, was the issue? You know, it was just a bad year for, you know, I the think, Twinkies. I think they could rebound, but they're not going to rebound to 90 games, you know. Yeah, maybe, I don't think they have a substantial you know, fucking I, jump. I don't think the division yeah. going to be as weak as it was from uh, top to bottom as it was no, last year either. I don't think either. so either. Because Detroit getting better. Detroit's That's getting better. Factor. Kansas City has some decent. Not players, worried about Detroit. But, you know, I, Cleveland is Cleveland is Cleveland. I, it, they might even trade Ramirez. So who knows? You yeah, know? but I feel like like you said, Cleveland is Cleveland. I, I still feel like they're going to be a pain in your ass. Yeah, they're going to be a pain in your ass. The, 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 the American League. Eighteen or nineteen times you got to play them. They might they might fucking beat you eleven times. But they can't hit though. You know, I mean, over yeah. a, over a full season, they're not going to. I don't think they're going to cause too much trouble for the time. Problem's going to be Houston. The problem's going to be the Yankees, the Blue Jays. Maybe not. I, I don't think the Red Sox are a problem either. Sorry, Joe. Idiot. But, <laughs> <laughs> you know, Yankees, Astros, Blue Jays, there's your problem. Uh, uh, but I you can't. I can't, list, I can't list the Sox above them right now. I mean, so can you can't. Hopefully we have a good. You can't expect. The White Sox also have the good fortune they had last year of all those bench players stepping up. Guys who That's came true. off the scrap heat, you can't expect them to play as well as they played last year either. That's the thing about That's baseball. I, you never know. You know, I, I, could, I could probably say that Vaughn will probably play a little better than he did last year, I would think. And hopefully the bench crew isn't needed as much this year, you know. But then again, you're hoping to stay healthy, like Beef Loaf always says, you know. White Sox number one plan is to stay healthy. That's kind of true. <laughs> <laughs> kind of true. True. It's not wrong. Yeah. I'm just saying uh, when you look at the White Sox, if you're talking about contenders, they probably had the most question marks out of any so-called elite team. 
you know, just being real. They out of any division winning team, they probably have the most question marks. You know. Yeah. I think so, that's fair. So yeah, I think yeah, I think White Sides fans Thanks. have to be cautiously optimistic. You know, that window of opportunity, that shit is overused. That's something White Sox I mean not White Sox fans, but fans in general like to overuse. Well we got this window of contention that we must do it by then or it's not gonna happen. That's overused because in sports it's year to year. So much can change. Players motivation, injuries, teams getting better, guys not performing as you thought they would perform. So when you say that, you really don't know, and that's one reason as a fan I advocate for if you have a chance to win, win now because I don't care about going to the playoffs year after year. What I care about is when we do have that opportunity, we take advantage of it and win it all. You know, that's why I don't mind. I'm not saying I would as a Bulls fan, but I don't mind, I mean, uh, as a Bulls GM, I don't mind the Bulls trading a player if they getting somebody better that can help them win a championship because I believe when you had that opportunity, you have to take advantage of it because it's not guaranteed. Well, that's kind of why, you know, I advocated. I was, I was all right with the trade that they made at the, at, uh, in July when they traded your boy, uh, Madrigal to get Kimbrell. You just wanted and to throw that in my face. That's all. I had to do it. Uh, all in they, your fucking face. They, they needed a relief pitcher. Obviously it didn't work out. You know, it, it fucking blew up in their face, but I can't get mad at that trade because at least they went out to try to win right now. I can't get mad at that trade because they didn't need another fucking bullpen arm. They needed another back. If anything, I mean, not more than a back hitter. Not more than a back. Like Ken was saying, I can't can't get mad at that trade because you knew you weren't getting Madrigal back. And if Rick Hahn really thought like, okay, this is what we need. We need a Kimbrel, a Tapera, whatever else we did. This is what we need to get there. If that meant getting rid of Nick Madrigal because we're not going to have him for the rest of the year, I was all for it. I was all for yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I really mean, thought that would shore up the bullpen too. I really thought that would be a lot more effective. Yeah, I, I, said, I thought. I thought you going from. I honestly thought you could make it a five inning game. You got to right. get your pitchers to get you through five. Yeah, that's, that's, you got you got your Kopech, your Bummer. And then Tapera, Tapera, Kimbrell, and Henry. Well, they should have. They should have asked that the man. Been it, but it wasn't. They should have no, asked Kimbrell, would he be comfortable pitching in any other inning besides it's a, the night? It's a thing. I got. I got into this debate with a buddy of mine, and I'm like, dude, you really think, you know, when you're a closer, your whole career, and he's top ten saves all the time. You go from the ninth inning your whole career, and then they're like, all right, we're going to put you in the eighth inning. I think that fucks you a little bit. I think it's hard to get ready for that. But I'm sure he wouldn't have said, "Oh, I can't do it." I'm oh, sure 100%, he said he could do it. You know, hundred percent, hundred percent. Is yeah. he is he getting traded? I think so. Or will it be too I late when the uh, season starts back? Or I don't think we're late? trading Craig Kimbrough. I don't know if they are or aren't. Um, I will. We'll see. I, I mean, yeah, if you could get some for him, but I wouldn't give him away for nothing. I'd rather I've one year deal, it. let him throw. They like yeah. to give players away for free down there in Tampa. Yeah, boy, Tyler Glass now. Mm-hmm. Well, we're going to see. Anyway, we got a new segment on this show we like to call This Would Not Happen on Black White Sox Twitter. <laughs> nah. 
It's a guy on Twitter. He got the Twitter handle at Panther underscore Onka Six. I don't know what the fuck that is. I probably butchered it. But this brother said his top ten TV shows is The Office, Friends, Last Kingdom, Yellowstone, The Boys, Walking Dead, Ed, Ed and Eddie, Futurama, Jeopardy, and Planet Earth. Brothers and sisters, we know this shit would not have been tweeted on Black White Sox Twitter. What the fuck was that, uh, Justin? Well, you got to think about who I am, bro. Like, I go to work, I get, I come home, watch sports. Usually my sports day is done by 1030. I'm still half a joint away, a whole joint away. I need some background noise. So, yeah, I put on the fucking office. Yeah, I watch John Dutton on Yellowstone, the best fucking show you can watch on your television. I don't need my television slate looking like I'm a Black Panther, even though I love Martin, <laughs> Ken Woe. I fucking love Martin. But at Martin, the same time, you... Martin is ahead. a B-plus show. It's a B-plus show. Big <laughs> Mac said that it is up there with Seinfeld. I said it's, it's better, better than, than Seinfeld. Seinfeld. He said it's better than Seinfeld. Martin is a B-plus show. I know King Mac is a Black Panther, <laughs> but if he's going to be... You better come at me with Stanford and Son. You better come at me with the Fresh Prince. No black or, ass, Ken. Or come at me with the Cosby Show. I'll get canceled. I'll say the Cosby Show was fucking funny as hell. It was good. <laughs> if you come at me with one of those three, I'll be like, okay, you know, maybe, maybe Seinfeld isn't as good. There's there's a case to be made. But you're coming at me with Martin. That's the home improvement of, of black television. Oh it's a mediocre God. show. You know, it's something to watch when your dad, when you're like 15 and your dad's watching the news in the other room. So you put on Martin because it comes on at 530. It's not something that you go out of your way to watch. It was all right. Tommy made me laugh sometimes, but I wasn't a big fan. Ain't got no job, Tommy. Ken Wu, <laughs> would these yeah, top sir. 10 shows be on Black White Sox Twitter? Oh, absolutely not. I mean, Yellowstone? <laughs> 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 I know Justin's a fake cowboy, though, because I see he likes playing that video game, too, the cowboy video Red game. Dead Redemption. Red, Red Dead Redemption. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's Buzz, funny, so. Buzz, what you think, man? About what? This <laughs> fucking list. I don't even know what Yellowstone is, man. I don't watch <laughs> I don't. Brother, I don't watch TV shows, man. I don't, I don't, I don't watch shit like that. I, I, uh, I watch old chick flick shows that my wife has on in the background before the game starts. And then as soon as the game starts, I give her the option. Let me turn it on upstairs or I'm going down to the cave and I'll be down there for the rest of the night. So, <laughs> see, see, I, 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 I wish my girlfriend was cool with that. Like, I, like, We'll oh, she's not cool with it, dog. It's just what's going to happen. Either we're in the living room or we're upstairs. I'll tell her, I'm like, hey, you can put this on and watch it together. Something you want to do, cute cuddle, whatever the hell you want to call it. Or if you want to watch your Law and Order SVU, I'm going in the basement. So yeah, no, I got Whatever one you want, and that's what it's going to do. And I got two 55s and a 65 down here, bro. I got NBA you know, league pass and MLB TV and all that good shit. So when the games are on, <laughs> all the TVs are rolling, beers are flowing. And, uh, 
I'm in, I'm usually in my version of what I believe to be my heaven. What? Uh, there no. you go. I like but, that. Yeah, so, Buzz living I, life. I have to Google Yellowstone because I don't know what the fuck that is. <laughs> I thought that was like some Yogi Bear Park, but then that's Yellowstone Park. Some real good Kevin Costner in there. Bro. Yeah. I don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> Yellowstone drama series. Okay, My father-in-law is a big fan of that uh, of that show. Is that Courtney? What's that Law? tell you? What's that tell you? <laughs> <laughs> My father-in-law is 82 years old. He loves <laughs> what the fuck that day? <laughs> hey, King Mac. Go ahead. I, I just have a. I got. I got a list of of other black television shows I would have accepted over Martin, and they include a different world. It includes what's happening. It includes two two seven with Lester and Selma. It, <laughs> and it includes Family Matters. Any of them, I would take over Martin. What about, but, but what about I, Keenan and Kel? I'm not that kill, my God. Yeah, you gotta talk to the younger guys. <laughs> but, besides your thoughts on uh Martin show and Seinfeld, yeah. you you gonna be invited to the barbecues. Oh okay. <laughs> <laughs> you ain't taking no fucking plate home, so you better keep it all there. <laughs> hey, I, I love it. I love it. I love hey, it. Martin got Martin got legendary characters, man. Jerome, uh Nay. What's the little snotty nose boy? Come on, give it to me, Justin. Martin. Roscoe. Roscoe. Yeah, I mean, just character after character after character. Bro, man, from the fifth floor. Okay. I mean, George is an all-time television character, George Costanza. He's top top three. I don't even know what George Costanza is. I've never watched a full episode of Seinfeld. What that tell you? Oh, my God. That's a really good show, (laughs) bud. Bro, I don't, like, I, it's so wild. Like, everybody talks about, like, these TV shows and shit. I got, like, three in my rotation that I give, like, any sort of fuck about. And you're all going to laugh. But this is probably, Max, something that you would not see on Black White Sox Twitter. <laughs> um, I, I, yeah. I, wa- I watch The Office on repeat if, like, nothing else is on early in the morning. Um, so, the, yeah, The Office, New Girl. I'm a big fan of New Girl. I think that show is fucking hilarious. <laughs> um and then, may, I guess, Arrested Development would be my third and final oh, show. Wow. And we'll give an honorable mention of Friends in there because that's uh, see, see, that is, Friends to me is a B-plus white TV show. I, I don't see the hype in Friends. Matt, I Matt, really I didn't so say I'm, a B, I'm a B-plus black person then? You're, you're a B-plus player, man. <laughs> wow. Friends is overrated. I don't know how it got rated so highly. I'm, I'm not saying it's great, Ken. I'm just saying it's in the rotation <laughs> because it's mindless and it's something that I can just, okay, yeah, that's on. And then as soon as the game starts, it's like, okay, cool, well, I let, wasn't really. Let me introduce you to something then since you like Friends, uh, Buzz. Okay. Check out Living Single since you like Friends. It's, it's is a better version. isn't it? I don't know if it's on Netflix, but I tell you, if you like Friends, you'll definitely like that. Great show. You will love Unlimited Singles. Yeah, I, I, I'll, I'll have to check it out. I, I'll, yeah, I'll give it a it. shot. I mean, like I said, my, my wife right now, she just started Grey's Anatomy, so I moved into the other bedroom. Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I can't. I, I, don't know how, I don't know how the fuck they do that shit, man. That show is stupid. I asked, yeah, like, that's awful. <laughs> it is. It's a bad show. You know, I yeah. there's no, I don't know. I Like I said, I, I it's nothing but sports are constantly on for me or, you know, like, music videos or something like that's really about all i get into this yellowstone justin though i pulled it up on google this looks stupid i love you <laughs> I, 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 I love you buddy but I, 
This motherfucking list right here, boy. God damn. I couldn't believe this shit. You people make me sick. The office, the office is an A show. That's a good show. It is. That's an A plus show. That's an A plus show. Yeah, that, that's a good show. Thank you. I'm telling other, you, dude, you should try New Girl because the the Nick Miller guy, he's the main, like one of the main characters. He's from Chicago, and I like, it's just, it's fucking hilarious. Okay, good show. Uh, since you're talking New Girl and embarrassing yourself, I'll embarrass that's myself fine. just a little bit here. But it's more my wife. But you know, whatever. She ha- she puts on like PBS or something in the morning when she's getting ready and and sometimes george lopez is on there i like george lopez good show and then another show comes on and it's called two broke girls oh that was funny (laughs) it's fucking terrible acting the acting is terrible but it is a fucking funny show and i can't believe it was on tv like fairly recently because it's pretty fucking raunchy you know i can't believe that show wasn't canceled i'm in the twilight Uh, zone i don't know none of this shit None of Two it. Broke girl. Right. It's a fucking watch TV. Futurama. <laughs> none of this shit. What the fuck is Futurama? Futurama is some cartoon geek shit. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> Good cartoon. I said Ed, Ed, and Eddie, and y'all getting fucking riled up over Futurama. Grow up. <laughs> Planet Earth. What the fuck? Yeah. Nature documentary when you're clapping cheeks, but I, that's neither here nor there. All right. Yeah. Hey, Buzz, you got any last words for the people, man? You was the guest. I just appreciate, yeah, no, I appreciate you guys having me on and bullshitting for the last hour and a half. I had a fun time. I needed it. Been a kind of a rough fucking two weeks for me. And I thank all you guys for reaching out to me individually after my mom passed. So it means a lot to me. And coming on here and fucking around with y'all, having good conversation was fucking sweet. But, you know, go Bulls. Hopefully they beat the Nets. And I'm sure I'll be on with you guys again in the future. And you, I'm glad you brought up your moms, man. Rest in peace to your moms. You know, Thanks, on uh, BGR, we pride ourselves in, you know, just keeping it real, being real with folks. And with that being said, we are in the show, and we are in this show with a tribute for Buzz Mother. Mm-hmm.